So this morning, I want to talk about something that I feel is really important. It's something that God has really been placing on my heart for us practically to do. As individuals, as families, as a church, however you want to look at it. And the title of today's message is Change Agents. Do we... Do we understand what that is? Now, I mean, I, I was thinking about this. I'm like, man, I know exactly what that is. And then I realized probably a lot of people don't necessarily know what that is. A change agent is somebody that organizations tend to bring in to help bring change that needs to be made. Big companies do it. They will actually hire change agents. You, you can do all these kinds of things to help bring and, and change a culture, to help bring stuff in and make the changes from the old into the new. And... I really felt like God is calling each of us to become change agents where we are. We are supposed to be change agents. And that's hard for me to say. I don't know why. Do you realize that you literally have the opportunity and the ability to change the atmosphere of anywhere that you are? You do. You do. Like, and it's, it's not because of anything of who we are, but it's because of who Christ is in us. Because of who Jesus is in us, we have the ability to actually change the atmosphere wherever we are. How many times have we gone into a, into a restaurant, into a place where, you know, just the atmosphere just is dark and you can just feel it and you're going gosh man this place is blah hopefully never at church but you know but it's a but but i'm pretty sure we've all been there and sometimes i've experienced it where i'm like man i just got to get out of here and i just leave instead of remembering who i am and taking it as the opportunity to actually become an agent of change in that place Several years ago, um, I was, when I still owned a carpet cleaning company, and there was a place in downtown Durango that hired me to come in and clean their, their, their company. And it was, it was a, a new age shop that had all kinds of weird nonsense all over it. And I walked in, and I mean, and you could just feel the oppression. You could just feel the spiritual heaviness. And the, the lady, the owner was in there, and you know, she was going to be there while I was cleaning everything. And while I was in there, I just started praying. And I just started saying, okay, God, just let me become this agent of change. I mean, that wasn't the word, but that was basically what I was praying. At about 15, 20 minutes in, I felt a whole lot better. And this lady looks at me and she goes, I don't know what you're doing, but I'm leaving and I'll be back. And just leaves. Atmosphere completely changed. And, and it, was, it was incredible because it had nothing to do with me. But I began to let the Holy Spirit of God work through me and who he has called us to be as change agents. And it began to change the atmosphere. You see, I believe that all of us probably have at least one area in our life that we want to see change happen. Whether it's personal, whether it's work-related, whether it's, uh, you know, in, in politics, whatever it might be, I'm sure there are areas we go, man, I just wish that there was a change that was happening. 
This thing keeps falling off. I'm sorry. I move too much. But we have to realize that everywhere we are, through the power of the Holy Spirit, we have the ability to bring change. Now, in order to do this, we must know that we have to hear what God's word is saying to us. We need to know what he is speaking and what he is asking of us. And that can be the hard part. Because there are many things that I want to see changed in the world. But what is it that I personally am responsible to see changed? See, sometimes we tend to really take on all this extra responsibility that we don't have the grace to do. Or we tend to take on no responsibility because we've been burned before. Right? And that's why it's so important for us to begin to say, okay, God, what is it that you want me to do? And what is it that I am responsible to see changed in my life and in the the lives of those around me? Now, one of the things that we have to remember about change is that when we want to see change happen, it's going to take time. Change doesn't just happen overnight, right? Whatever mess it is that you are in, whatever, whatever it is you know, that, that you're struggling with currently and all the different things, you did not get to the point that you are in just from the time you woke up this morning until right now. It was little changes over time that helped us get to where we are, good or bad. And so now we have to start changing things so that we can become who God has called us to become. The problem with most of us, myself absolutely included, is that I love the microwave society. I love that, well, God, I, 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 I asked for forgiveness, I repented, so everything should be different right now. And God goes, well, I'm great you did that. That's the first step, but now we have to start building the character to bring lasting change. Most of us love the idea of change. We don't actually like change. Right? I mean, come on. I'm sure I'm not the only one. But if God is leading us to change something, then we need to be ready to do it for as long as it takes. Paul reminds us of this in Galatians chapter 6, where he says, Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, they will also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. And the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary of doing good. For in due season we will reap if we do not give up. That last verse there, that talks about the importance of change. Change takes time. It's that reality of sowing, I'm going to see a harvest if I don't give up. But I have to be willing to not give up, right? It's really quiet in here this morning. But So in order to start walking these things out, I want to give us three practical ways that we can actually become the change agents that God has called us to be. 
And point number one this morning is faith. We have to have faith. Faith is, is, is the first thing for us to be able to do in order to do this. And it says, what I wrote down here is that, why is faith important? Because if we're going to see the change happen through us, we have to believe that change can happen through us. If we're really going to believe that it will happen, we actually have to believe that it can happen. Because so often we have the idea of, okay, God will, if you just want to, that'll be awesome. When there's so much of God wanting to just really impart, and he wants to partner with us to see the things that he is asking us to do come into come into being. Hebrews 11.1 1 says this, it says, Faith is the confidence that we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. In the Passion Translation, it says it this way, Now faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. It is all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. And then in verse 6 of chapter 11 there in Hebrews also, it says this. It says, and it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. See guys, that, that entire chapter of Hebrews chapter 11, it goes through all kinds of people through scripture that we know of and that God is commending them for their faith. He say, man, they believed this even though they didn't see it. Man, they believed this even though it looked different. They, they believed what my word said to them in those moments. He also just commends them because so many of them believed God even to the point where they passed away and they did not see the fulfillment of what they were promised. But they knew it was coming. They knew that it wasn't just about them. It was about all those who came after them. A few years back, I was watching a documentary, because I'm a nerd, and it was, it, was about a, it was about the monarch butterflies and how they, do, how they do their big migration. And it goes from Canada to Mexico to Canada to Mexico, and it just keeps going back and forth, back and forth. From Canada to Mexico to Canada, three generations So the one who starts, starts that without ever finishing it. But they know that it's not about us. It's about those who come after us. They have the faith that everything is going to keep going, that it's going to keep working. See, those people in Scripture, they were laying a foundation for everyone who came after them. They were willing to pay the price for the future generations to see the completion of the Word of God. That he had spoken over them. In Romans 4 verse 3 it says this. It says. Maybe. It's alright. I apparently bored Tanya. I'm sorry. (laughs) This is why it's so quiet. You guys are just like. Yeah this is good sleeping with it. We don't have Romans 4 3. Alright. So I messed up there. Alright Romans 4 3. It's. It's right here. It says, for scripture tells us that Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteousness because of his faith. Abraham believed the word of God and it was counted to him as righteousness. Why? Simply because he believed 
what God said. So often we overcomplicate everything because we sit there and we hear what God says and we go, okay, now how is that? And what am I going to do? And how am I going to this? And what am I going to this? And how is this? And A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and oh my gosh. And God's going, just believe me. Just trust me. I have realized over my life so many times that where I think it should be A, B, C, and D, God actually goes Z, Roman numeral 4, backwards R, you know, I mean, whatever, you know, because he's doing things in his pattern, not mine, because it's the most efficient way to do it, even though in my head it doesn't make sense. My dad has a saying, and I'm probably going to get it wrong, but it's something like this, talking about faith. If you can't see what you don't see before you see it, you won't see what you can't see even if you do see it. If you can't see what you don't see before you see it, you won't see what you can't see even if you do see it. Because it takes the eyes of faith of believing, even though it's not in front of me and I have no idea how it's going to work out to say, yeah, okay. I'm going to believe God and I'm going to trust him. My dad used to use that saying on us a lot as kids and it drove me nuts. (laughs) And what do I do with my kids now? (laughs) It's pretty awesome. So, uh, but the second point after faith is prayer. So we have to have faith and then we have to have prayer. We must be people of prayer if we want to see change. That being said, we have to tie that to point number one. Because we have to be people who pray in faith. We have to become people who when we are praying, we understand that we have the faith behind it to see the fulfillment of God's word come to pass. I have prayed lots of prayers in my life starting in a place of fear because I didn't know what was going on and kind of worked myself into faith. I've also prayed lots of prayers where I started just out of fear because I didn't know what to do and it never got to faith. And then I've also prayed prayers that just out of nowhere sprung up inside of me that I know it was what God was saying and it was that faith that began to do something. We must understand that we need to be praying and believing and when we do those things according to the word of God we're going to see his answer in James 5 verse 13 it tells us this it says are any of you suffering hardships you should pray are any of you happy you should sing praises are any of you sick you should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will make you well. And if you have committed any sins, they will be forgiven. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. That last part right there. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Other versions say it like this, the effectual Fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. So then, how then do I make my prayers 
effectual. Because I don't just want to pray for the sake of praying. I want to pray so that I can be effective in the way that I'm praying. Does that make sense? We have to become people who pray, but not just for the sake of praying. We have to be people who pray with the anticipation that we will see his word come to pass. In 1 Thessalonians 5.17, Paul tells us this, never stop praying. That's pretty blunt, right? He also tells us this, and in Colossians 4, he says, devote yourselves to prayer with an alert heart, or excuse me, with an alert mind and a thankful heart. And then Jude tells us this in chapter 1, verse 20, it says, But you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. Scripture tells us constantly that we need to be praying. Now, there is a kind of prayer called intercession or intercessory prayer. Now, I'm not going to go into an entire thing about, I mean, that would be a whole series on its own and all these kinds of things. And it's very important, very good. I've I've been toying around with the idea of maybe starting a a midweek study on this or something, you know, if people are interested. But, But learning how to pray effectively. And, and this prayer is it's called intercess, intercessory prayer or intercession. And what it is, it is actually the same root word where we get our word intersection from. Like, you know, if you're going down here and there's an intersection, what is it? It's where all these things meet together, right? That's what intercession is. Intercession is, okay, God, what is it that you are saying that we need to see happen in our lives, in our families, in our church. And I'm going to pray and hear what God is saying. I'm going to read the word and know what it is that he is saying to me so that I can be that intersection of heaven to earth. And and it's something, you know, that sometimes we sit there and think, oh man, that just sounds so scary. And oh, what about this? There's nothing weird about it. It's a matter of just being obedient to say, God, what is it that you're wanting me? How do you want me to pray? The other day when Chrissy called me with that instance that was happening at the hospital, I began to pray and I immediately said, now, God, how do you want me to pray? And all I did was begin to pray what I felt welling up inside of my spirit. And it changed lives, not because I did anything, but because I was willing to be that intersection between heaven and earth. And all of us can do that if we are willing to just say, God, what is it that you're saying? How do you want me to pray? We wonder why Jesus' prayers were always answered. Because the Bible tells us he only did what he heard the Father say to do and he only said what he heard the Father say to say. The reason his prayers were answered is because he knew what heaven was saying And he began to pray that. Now we can sit there and argue, well, yeah, that's not fair though, Chris. I mean, he's God. You know, I mean, come on. But the Bible tells us that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us. And that same spirit, it tells us in John 16, is the spirit of truth who will lead us into all truth. 
So when we're in these moments and we're going, how do I and what do I and how does this and how does that work? We need to stop worrying about those things and we need to start saying, God, what is it that you're wanting to say? What is it that heaven is wanting to release through me into the earth? And when that becomes our prayer and we just begin to say, yes, yes, I know this is what God is saying. And I'm going to begin to pray that way. We are creating that intersection where heaven is coming to earth. And that's when things change in a way that is inexplicable. Medically speaking, there was no reason for that baby to live the other day. These doctors were trying everything. They're thinking this or thinking that. I mean, and it was just done. And then all of a sudden. And what's awesome too is that I hadn't even, it had been, it was 24 hours after that. And I hadn't even told the story to anybody else. And my friend Eddie, who used to come to church here, he called me and we were talking about some things going on in Kansas where they're living now. And, and, uh, and he was asking how Chrissy's doing and, and what else, you know, she's doing with her master's and getting ready to be done with that. And I told him, I was like, yeah, you know, and she's starting to her preceptorship. And I mentioned the lady at the hospital because I knew he probably knew her because he had lived here for so long. And this lady lived there for so, has been here around here for so long. And he just goes, man, that's awesome. He goes, let me tell you a story about when she was pregnant with her daughter 30 years ago. Same kind of thing happened to this woman. And on Saturday night or Saturday morning, the doctor said, yeah, we don't see, feel any or we, we don't believe there's any heartbeat and we can't find anything. So you're going to have to come in on Monday morning. And so she came to church on Sunday and she goes, I, I don't know what to do. And Eddie laid hands on her and he prayed for her and he declared life over that baby. And on Monday morning, when she went into the doctor's office, he said, well, everything's fine. We don't even know what was going on. And then there's these moments of things where God is doing this. I mean, and he, he shared that with me the other day. He had no idea what I had just experienced the day before. I mean, and I'm just sitting there in my car just bawling because I'm like, God, you are so good. And that was 30 years after the fact, and he still remembers it. And he goes, and I guarantee you, she remembers it. I was like, I bet she does. That's how we pray is by asking God, God, what is it that you're saying so that my prayers can be effective? The last point this morning, and I'm going to be quick, I promise, is lifestyle. So we have faith, we have prayer, and then lifestyle. And this is how we live our lives. The things that we practically do every single day. Now, I'm getting ready to read an entire chapter. It'll take me a few minutes. But I'm getting ready to read an entire chapter. And as I read this, I want you to say, Holy Spirit, what are two things in this chapter that you want to challenge me with that I can begin to change in my life so that I can become a change agent for those who are around me. So we're getting ready to read this, and I want you guys just take a minute and just pray this, because we're going to read this, and then I'm not going to belabor any more points, because I want God to speak something to you. And I want to even encourage you to now have faith that he wants to talk to you, and now just pray the prayer. God, what is it you're wanting me to say? What is it you're wanting to speak to me in this moment? so that I can change the way that I live my life. We're all ready? 
All right, so here we go. Romans 12. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be genuine, abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy feeds him, is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. In that chapter, there are so many Things that we can do to live the way God has called us to live. I'm not saying you have to do all of them tomorrow. I'm saying, Holy Spirit, show me the thing I need to change so that I can be who it is that, you're, that you have called me to be. Out of that chapter, find one thing that God is leading you. Find two things that God is leading you to change in your life that you can begin to implement. Because as we do that, that is going to be how we become change agents to everyone around us. Whether it's in our jobs, whether it's in our families, whether it's in our church, just in our community. Whatever it might be, you want to make a change, well you have to start being the change. Amen? Let's stand this morning, guys. We're going to pray and be dismissed. We're going to have people up here at the front who would love to pray with you. If you need prayer for anything today, maybe it's about the sermon. Maybe it's about something completely different. If you need God to touch you 
in a healing way, then I would ask you to come up and get prayer because our God is too good to not believe. Amen? Father, we love you and we thank you. God, I just ask that you would just begin to just reveal to us all the different areas and, and those things that, that we can begin to change so that we, we can become agents of change for you. God, let us stir within us the, the ability to have more faith so that we know how to pray and so that it changes our lives so that in turn we can change the lives of people around us. God, I just thank you for your goodness. I thank you who you are. I thank you for loving us the way that you do. And in your name we pray. Amen. Guys, you're dismissed. Have a wonderful have 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 a wonderful week and we will uh, don't forget there are snacks in the back as well and we will see you all next Sunday. So